Hey, y'all, welcome to another episode of the Tailgate Kings. Dr. Die here with Casey Jones. And man, we're talking all the NBA playoffs right now and the implications of the end of the first round. We still got one matchup going on. Mavericks and Clippers going to end today. By the time you're listening to this, you'll probably know what's going on better than we do. But there's a lot of stuff going on. And we'll just go ahead and start with the beginning of round two. Started yesterday, Nets and Bucks. Casey, I've been talking about the Nets all season. Jay's been talking about the Bucks. Nobody believes in the Nets but me, I feel like. And Harden goes out, but they still win. So, you know, it, it, are the Bucks the team? Are the Nets the team? Who, who you got in this series? Because I feel like whoever wins this could be your NBA champion. Um, I think you're probably right. Uh, you know, I've been, I've been big on Philly. Um, but as we, as we are talking right now, Atlanta and Philly are playing. Um, Hawks are up 34-22 right now. And they are they are in Philly, so it's like I've been I've been big on Philly, but right now, if if Embiid can't stay healthy, and I think you very well may be looking at the champion between this Nets and Bucks series. Um, little surprised that the Nets came out and won by double digits in the first game. Um, yeah, especially, especially with Harden. You know. Go ahead. Yeah, especially with no Harden, right? Yeah, and sorry, it's not not by double digits, but by eight points. My bad. So a, a little bit closer than what I said in the first time. But yeah, with no Harden, really really surprised me. Um, Harden seems like the the guy who seems to even on two K Matt. If you go look, um, Harden is is the point guard now, and Kyrie is the two. That that's how they're lining it up, and and Harden has been the facilitator, and the offense has pretty much been going through him. And it's 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 bad to see him go down. Um, it's interesting to see him go down just just because like wh- what does this mean for for this for this Nets team and if they do make it past the the uh, the Bucks, then what what does that mean for Atlanta or Philly who you know whoever comes out of this series and now that we're talking about maybe Atlanta being in the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe actually having a somewhat of a chance to make the the finals, it's weird. This this whole Eastern Conference is weird. I mean. Let's not pretend like the Western Conference isn't weird either. The the Lakers just got ousted in the first round. So, and we'll, I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, to answer your initial question, yeah, I think I think you very well may be seeing the future champion in this Bucks and Nets series. I mean, you've got both Harden, you know, Kyrie and Durant, and then Harden goes out. But even before Harden joined the team, you know, there were people saying, you know, just Kyrie and Durant were enough to get this team by in a lot of ways. So, I, I, I'm really think you know, we, we haven't seen the Nets at full power in a sense all season, really. You know, we kind of saw it maybe in the Celtics series, you know, with all three of them playing. But I think, if anything, this Nets team is the most uh, built team for injury in some ways, right? They, how many lineups has, has this Nets team had to play with, uh, with Harden out and with Kyrie out and with Durant out throughout the entire season. A lot of these guys who at the beginning of the, of the season, we, we didn't know their names or didn't know what they could do, have gotten a lot of playing time that, that I think a lot of us didn't expect them to get. I think this Nets team is really dangerous, even without Harden, you know, and especially, like I said, they put that, that beat down, and that was a beat down yesterday on the Bucks. Like, the Bucks never looked like they were in the game, you know, and, and albeit we're playing in Brooklyn, you know, but you figure the Bucks kind of, had the time to rest after sweeping the heat. So you felt they were going to come out and be fresh and Giannis looked good, but you didn't really get anything out of Chris Middleton. I mean, Drew looked all right. I I, I don't know what you're going to take away from this. You know, it it feels like that as strong as, you know, the Bucks might've felt coming into this series 
I mean, that was, that was a big first punch, Casey, wasn't it? I mean, the, the Nets, even with Harden down, I mean, they, they threw the first punch, not, not, not the Bucks. Yeah, and I mean, you know, let's, let's take that into account, right? You, you just said in, in the terms that you used, like the, the Bucks came out and they weren't really, for the most part, shooting well. I mean, or, and actually playing well as a unit, it, it really felt like they were lagging behind, even with Harden being out. And with that being said, they only lost by eight on the road. So you so think they're just cold? Do you think it was just too many days off? You think sweeping the heat? I think, have... I think, I think so. Yeah, honestly, I, I think they came out and um, I think Giannis, even finishing with 34 points, 11 rebounds and four assists, um, he shot well, 16 for 24. He shot two for five from the three, which isn't great, but 40% for a guy his caliber is, is pretty decent. Um, we're looking at Giannis and even though he had a great game, he had Blake Griffin covering him for a lot of the game, and it felt like he was kind of scared to attack the rim sometimes. Uh, it, it felt like he passed up on really good opportunities to bring to the rim, and even if he wasn't going to make the shot, maybe put Blake Griffin in some foul trouble. You're looking at a team, a Brooklyn team, who now is maybe missing James Harden, <clears throat> who has Kevin Durant running from time to time the three through the five. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Durant is sometimes playing small ball center. And you're looking at this team. If I'm Giannis, I'm putting these guys in foul trouble. I know I'm getting the calls. I'm Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know I'm getting the calls. I'm taking Blake Griffin to the rack almost every time. I'm getting him three fouls by the end of the second quarter, and he's going to be resting most of the third, and that's whenever we turn it up. You know, you put these guys in foul trouble, and all of a sudden they're in trouble. Um, but you're right. I, I like Mill- that strategy. <clears throat> I like that strategy. All right. Well, you got to think, and they're not a very while. While they are a dangerous team in some aspects, because they have guys that we don't have a ton of tape on that are playing well. I mean, if you look at the Nets, Bruce Brown didn't play well in this game, but lately he has been playing well. Played well in the season, has played well in the playoffs. He had 21 minutes, only shot two for five, um, but had six points, four rebounds. But then you look at um, what's his name? I think Mike James. Mike James on the bench uh, played 30 minutes. Went five for 11, two for four from three, only had 12 points, but got seven rebounds, three assists. Coming off the bench playing 30 minutes, pretty much when you have three MVP caliber players, a fourth one as a former MVP caliber player, Blake Griffin, when you have those guys on your on your starting lineup, it's like, man, that, that's a pretty that's a pretty decent lineup for a, for a bench player, for a role player. No, but – yeah, and, and you, and you, but you also point out Blake Griffin having that game though. That that's got to be the X factor as well for the Nets. I mean, he hasn't had. When's the last time Blake Griffin's had a game like that? Well, that's what I was gonna say. You know, whenever Blake Griffin finally came back from this injury, it looked like he was a little like, oh, okay, you know, like yeah, I'm Blake Griffin, but it's just like it felt like he was uh, cautious all the time and um, scared to dunk. Like I don't know if you remember that, Matt, when he got his first dunk. It, like as a net, the 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 team in the arena went crazy because it was his first dunk in like a hundred and something games or something like that, or like a year and a half or two years, and everybody went crazy about it. Which yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I'm happy to see him back from all his injuries, and you know because if not for injury history, Blake Griffin. Like for those of you who don't remember, it was only three years ago. Blake Griffin was an MVP caliber player on the Pistons. Like, this guy was a third in MVP voting on the Pistons, um, a not very good Pistons team either. So it's like, it's cool to see Blake Griffin out here. You know, I, I like seeing him healthy. Um, I like seeing him come out here and make a difference. 18 points, 14 rebounds. 
Um, he's also running a lot of small ball center and he seems to be pretty successful at it. Seems to be a pretty big thing um, lately. A lot of small ball centers. You know, we, we saw the first really big one uh, was last year or the year before with PJ Tucker running center at only 6'6". You know, we were like, well, this, this doesn't make much sense. Or however tall he is, he's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, 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 my bad. So these, these small ball centers seems to be working out pretty well. And uh, happy to see Blake Griffin. I don't know that this uh, game one is very telling of the entire series. Um, don't be surprised, because I won't be surprised, if this goes all the way to seven. Um, I, that's, that's the vibe I'm getting from this. Because Giannis is going to come back with a vengeance, and I think they take game two on the road. Oh wow! Okay, so you think they're going to get that, get it that fast? Hey, look, I'm I'm with you. I think this probably goes seven as well. I don't know how it kind of doesn't go seven. I mean, look, I give a, I just if this is the Blake Griffin we're going to get though, if this is Blake Griffin with confidence and whatnot, this Nets team takes a whole new dimension then. Because I mean, I thought Blake Griffin, I've been giving a lot of grief, man. I mean, he's been a, you know, he ha- he hasn't looked good like you said since those injuries. And if this is what he's going to look like coming back, if this is the Blake Griffin we're going to get. I feel I feel okay about Harden going down and having to take a couple games off to get that hamstring right, you know. So uh, we'll see. Other side of the East, though, Casey, as you said, uh, Sixers and Hawks playing right now. End of the first quarter, uh, 42-27. Embiid is playing. He, he, he's, he's, he's looked, you know, all right, you know. He, but he's not 100%. It's obvious he's not 100%. Can a, can a Sixers team without a 100% Embiid beat this Hawks team with, with Trey Young looking like a guy. I mean, you've said it. He's looking like a villain, a great maestro of antagonism in New York. And now, like, could he do it to the process as well? Could he go into Philly and just, you know, make them look silly as well? Could you imagine? Like, uh, I, 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 was, I was trying to tell you guys the other day, and I, I know um, Jay was pretty much telling me, like, oh, no, he's not a villain because I love him. And I'm like, what I was trying to tell Jay was like, look, you don't have to hate him for him to be a villain. Like, you can love the bad guy. Like, you can love what he does and respect what he does because, don't get me wrong, I think Trey Young is 100% a villain. And I I love it. I I love the shit out of it, Matt. Honestly, it's great. I I think the fact that he's coming in here and he's – look, this is – the like I told you guys, this is the first good Knicks team in, what, almost a decade? Um, like that actually made the playoffs. They made the four seed. Julius Randle got most improved player or whatever it was. And this Knicks team is just rolling. And then Trey Young comes in and is like, yeah, but I'm going to beat you in five. <laughs> and makes a game winner at MSG. Oh, man, I don't know. And you know, and the fact that he's just like, he's like not full of himself. He's not egotistical, but he knows how good he is. I mean, he's, he's a little cocky. I like it. I mean, but he, he's got panache, man. He's got, like I said, he's got that yeah. snidely whiplash thing. Like I just see him like, like pulling like a long, you know, mustache and twirling it sort of thing. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. He does kind of remind me of the villain from that new Sonic the Hedgehog movie, the Jim Carrey uh, version. You know, he kind of reminds me of him. There you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I do, I do like I, I I like Trey Young. Like, don't get me wrong. I say he's the villain, but that's no diss towards his game or even I don't I don't I mean I don't know him personally, so I don't know what kind of person he is. So it's no diss towards him there, obviously. Um, but I you you know Matt, I told you I love this Knicks team that he just beat in this last round that they beat, um, and the fact that he like I said went into MSG and beat them in five. And uh, I mean like Matt, I don't know if you remember it, but in that first game when he hit that game winner at MSG 
um, the crowd was so loud and it was, it was, it was rocking. It was rolling. It was loud. You know, it's MSG. They're, they're excited. Their Knicks are good again. And he makes that game winner and he, he runs to the, he runs to the center of the court and he's just like, you know, walking away from the shot. Um, and he looks at the crowd and he's like, and cause at this point the crowd had died down and uh, he was like, it's really effing quiet in here. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy knows he's this good. And I love it. I love watching it. It reminds me a lot of AI. Honestly, it reminds me a lot of Allen Iverson. I can see um, that. Yeah. Yeah. He plays the crowd so well. And, and he, he made does. me remember, cause I forgot. I didn't realize where Clint Capella had gone, but he yep. made Atlanta relevant enough that I'm paying attention. Cause I love Clint Capella. Like, I think he's one yeah. of the best rebounders in the game. You know, he's, I agree. Uh, he, like I said, he's, he's Dennis Rodman for me without, without the Rodman craziness, I guess, you know, but That's fair. I mean, a guy who's just in there to get the ball and, and does the dirty work. Clint Capella was that guy for the Rockets for so many seasons. And I, I didn't know where he went. I was wondering where Clint Capella was. And here he is popping up the playoffs, making this Hawks team even more likable. So am I crazy to think that the Hawks could get this over the Sixers, especially with Embiid not being 100%? Could this be a Hawks going to the Eastern Conference Finals sort of thing? Uh, Matt, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think it's too crazy if the Hawks play at the – at the level that they played in this last series against the Knicks. And if they can keep up what they're, what it seems they're doing against Philly right now, I wouldn't be surprised if people really start picking the Hawks to come out of the East in terms of making it to the finals. And you know, this is a a really good young shooting team. Um, Let's not, let's like, let's not forget how young this team really is. If you, if you look at some of these guys on this team, John Collins, uh, I mean, even Clint Capella is not terribly old. He's, he's only, what, 27. Uh, Trey Young, Bogdanovich isn't that old. Gallinari is probably the oldest guy on the team, maybe Lou Will. But, I mean, you even have Lou Will coming off the bench. Dwight Howard um, on the opposite side can't seem to do anything in terms of stopping Clint Capella from getting up there and grabbing rebounds whenever he wants. And it's like, I mean, e- even some young guys, Onyeka Okungwu, Kevin Horter, I mean – well, this, I, I asked you before the season, or not before the season, but before the playoffs, Casey, I asked you, I go, is this the year that we're going to see, you know, these young guys, like, you know, the new guard kind of overtake the old guard in a sense. And I think besides what maybe the Nets and the Clippers, if the Clippers go down to the Mavericks today, you got the Nets and basically all new guard, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's like man, and now that the Lakers are out, because you know I'm uh, coming into the playoffs, I picked the Lakers to make it to the finals out of the West, as as did a lot of people, because it's LeBron and Anthony Davis defending champions. They were hurt most of the season. Now they're both what we thought were healthy. Um, Anthony Davis can't seem to. I swear the guy catches turf toe playing on a basketball court, and it's like I don't know. I, I mean, I, I feel I feel so. I don't want to say I feel bad for LeBron. He's a four-time champion, been to the championship, you know, whatever. Um, but it's like, it's a little disappointing to see him out in the first round. But with that being said, um, I, I said coming into the playoffs, Matt, that I didn't think that a lot of these young guys uh, really fit into the category that you were trying to fit them into. And now I'm looking at it again and I'm, I, I, I might be wrong. I, I think I, I was probably wrong. And I think you were probably right. A lot of these young guys, it seems. And, you know, I said, I said, let me, let me, let me back my argument. I said that I didn't think that we were really seeing a change of the guard because it felt like a lot of these guys had already been in the league for so long because a lot of them have, 
Like, uh, you, you, you know, you talk about Jason Tatum. Next year will be his fifth season in the league. Same with Donovan Mitchell. Um, even even Luca and Trey Young, this is their third season in the league. So a lot of these guys, while they are young and relatively new, they're, for the most part, considered vets. And they've been playing for a few years already. And even some, like Jason Tatum, have playoff experience. Jason Tatum went to the Eastern Conference Finals and went toe-to-toe with LeBron in his rookie season. So it's like a lot of these guys, yes, brand new to the scene. We might see something new. I, I tell you what, though, I will say, I will admit that we are probably seeing a little bit of a changing of the guard if we see, like, players that we – and in the West it might be a little easier because if, unless it's the Clippers. Um, I, I will admit it if we see teams that we haven't seen or players in the finals that we haven't seen before. Like, if it's Nets, Clippers – uh, it's going to be hard for me to admit that we're seeing a changing of the guard. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, no, seeing... yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, that's Clippers, and yeah, no. Then, uh, then, like I said, everything reverted. Like I said, once LeBron getting knocked out, Steph not making the final or making the playoffs, sort of thing. You know, um, you know, the Heat even getting knocked out. So, uh, yeah, so convincingly, I guess you know, because I mean, I thought the Heat were going to have, have more of a showing. You know, I mean, I, even I told you, man, I thought that series was going to go six at least. Yeah, no, we, we, we look like fools. I think we both thought it was one of the, going to be the most competitive well, or the most competitive in the that. first round, you know? And, a, a lot of people thought that because it's that heat team, you know, <laughs> it's bam, it's, it's, it's Jimmy. And, and it, it just did not work out that way. And I mean, yeah, it made us look silly. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I was, I was totally wrong. I thought, I, I even thought that he could win it. I like, you know, they could, they could maybe knock the Bucks out. No, not even close. I, I was, I felt like the Bucks were definitely going to win it. Um, but I felt like the Heat were going to make them work for it. And I feel like maybe, um, that actually would have been better for the for the Bucks if they could have if that series could have gone five or six, they could have got could have gotten a little more steam under their belt. They wouldn't have sat at home for so much longer. You know, not really sitting at home. They're not just sitting at home doing nothing, but they wouldn't have sat for so long and waited. Um, I feel like if that series, they could have stayed fresh. You know what I mean? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And the Heat, the Heat. Honestly, I felt like the Heat came out and played Game One. Lost game one and then kind of sat down for games two, three. And oh, four. they deflated. They yeah, deflated they, after they that totally game. They totally deflated after game one. So, all right, so let's go to the Western side. As we said, the Lakers go down to the Suns. So now the Suns get the, mo- the get the MVP more than likely and Jokic and the, and the Nuggets. I have no idea still what to make of this Denver team, Casey. I mean, look, this, this, this Phoenix team looks great. Devin Booker, like another one of the rising stars in the league, you know, putting on a show against the Lakers. Chris Paul, you know, had it. He was injured for one game and they got slaughtered. So obviously, you know how important Chris Paul is to the Suns team. But at the same time, like I said, Jokic and uh, and, and these Nuggets, man. I mean, I I, I I don't know. I mean, they just Jokic is a lot a lot of ways for me like like Luca. You know, I'm just he just scores and I don't know how he does it. So tell me, man, who do you got in this series? of two maybe unlikely teams in, in this matchup. Man, this is the, uh, one of the tougher ones for me to pick. Um, I said going into the playoffs that I felt like the uh, in the West, the Suns were the more talented team, even, even though I might have picked the Lakers to come out of the West just because of LeBron and AD and being defending champions and whatnot. Um, I've, I've always felt like going into the playoffs that the, the Suns were the most talented team. Um, Chris Paul. MVP caliber season. Um, Devin Booker looks like he's taking like we've always known that Devin Booker can score. Don't get, like 
let's let's not forget about that. This guy scored seventy points when he would before he was even legally able to drink. This guy dropped seventy points in an NBA game, and does does forty plus fifty point games. You know, like it's like it's his job. I mean, it is, but. This guy, I, I truly believe that Devin Booker is, is special. Um, he reminds me a lot of his mentor, Kobe. And I, I think DeAndre Ayton is probably not going to ever live up to the hype of being a number one overall pick, especially when he's on the same team as Devin Booker. I think they do complement each other nicely, but I, I, I definitely think that Chris Paul was the missing piece here. Um, but DeAndre Ayton took some really good steps towards the defensive end of the, of the ball. Um, and and has become a very, very, very good rebounder as well. Um, can even stretch the floor when you need him to. Chris Paul, like I said, MVP caliber season. Devin Booker, maybe, ooh, I might catch some flack for this. Maybe the best scorer in the league right now, one of. Top two, three for me. Like I said, Bridges looks really good. Even Frank Kaminsky, like when, when he's playing, his minutes looks pretty decent. Dario Saric looks okay. Um, Javon Carter looks pretty decent in that backup point role. I, I, this this Phoenix team looks really good, and it's hard for me to pick against them. So MVP Jokic, yeah, he's MVP for me. Um, making it to the Western Conference Finals, though, I've got the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I can't pick against Phoenix. I mean, I, I, I said at the beginning of, of, the, of the playoffs as well, I said Lakers-Phoenix, the winner of that's going to be in the finals. You know, it feels like, you know, that was like really for me the Western Conference finals, especially if AD doesn't get hurt, you know. AD well, and, get- and you you called it too going into that Lakers-Suns game. You said, I think it's over tonight. And I was like, man, I don't I, – I really feel like they're going to force seven. And you were like, no, I feel like I feel like Nuggets, Blazers, and Lakers-Suns are both over tonight. And, and you were right about both. Yeah, no, I mean, look, both these teams – that's why I did both these teams. I'm, I just feel like I'm going to keep underestimating Denver. That's the problem. I mean, they, they, they have such a uh, – in some ways, I hate to call it a pedestrian roster, but, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, that you're not – you know, besides, besides uh, Jokic, you're not, you're not super excited about. Aaron Gordon, you know, like, all right. All right, you know, and, and and Aaron Gordon looks nice, and I know you're not yeah. dissing him at all. I know you're no, not I'm not. Him. Yeah, yeah. It's just I'm just saying these aren't guys you get you, you think about when you when when you're right. naming players. You know, Denver's just not. They're a lot like Utah. You know, Utah's another team. You know, Donovan Mitchell, but outside of Donovan Mitchell, not not a lot of exciting exciting guys right now in Utah. You know, versus Agreed. the Suns, like you said. You know, you've got Chris Paul leading this team of of, of Devin Booker, who looks you know fantastic right now. Might be you know, the MVP of the playoffs right now, you know, definitely uh, up there. And then, like, I, and I left off Aiden, but yeah, DeAndre definitely getting the boards and getting in there for, you know, getting the, 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 the big, you know, glass shots and, and dunking it down, you know, play, playing that ball. I mean, look, these Suns are tough, but I've just been underestimating the Nuggets the whole time. So I, I, I I'm picking the Suns reluctantly here, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I don't feel super confident about it. just like on the other side of the table, Whoever Utah has to play, I don't feel confident that Utah's got it, but Utah just put on a show in the first round themselves, you know? So, I mean, what do you take away from Jonathan Mitchell and Utah over there? I, I like Utah. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, I just have a really hard time trusting them based off of their history. The same reason I have a hard time trusting the Bucks. Um, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, even, I mean, you can even look at Mike Conley because Mike Conley was technically an all-star this season. Um, you can look at these guys and, and know 
that they are great, but it, their history shows me that I can't trust them. And it shows me that I, it's going to be really hard for me to pick them to make it out of the West. I, I think they have a pretty good chance to beat whoever comes out of um, Dallas and the Clippers, but making it to the finals, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time trusting them. Um, I do like their team. Like I said, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley. I even like Royce O'Neal. You know, Royce O'Neal looks really good. Um, I don't no, know. Maybe I, I, no, maybe I'm I'm, no, I'm with you. But I think it's totally two different series depending who they get. You know, I mean, I agree. Why, I agree. I mean, uh, like, I don't know about this Clippers team. Like, if this Clippers team, this Clippers team should beat the Mavericks. There, there shouldn't even be a question. This, this series should have been over two, two, three games ago. But for some reason, it's like Kawhi wants to play a game. PG-13 wants to play a game a different day. You know, it's like it's like the, the whole I, – I don't think the Clippers have coalesced ever. You know, I think we've been waiting, what, two seasons for this Clippers team to, 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 to come as, as one. And, and they just never, never morphed into a championship-caliber team. But if you put the Clippers against the, 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 the Jazz, all of a sudden I'm like, you know, look, Clippers could easily be in the Western Conference Finals. And then who knows if you got the Clippers and the Suns, maybe that by that point. I mean, it's it's hard. When Kawhi wins championships, aren't they like – it's like the most oddest thing sometimes. Like I still have to – like, yeah, no, he won one with Toronto. Yeah, he won one with San Antonio. You know, it's like, oh, oh all right, all right. Um, you know, and then on the flip side, if the Mavericks get there, I mean, come on, man, this this gritty Mavericks team – you can see this gritty Mavericks team going into Utah and winning for some reason. So it's it's two different series, man, depending on who wins this. But but I think that's more of an indictment on the Jazz, right? It's like I don't feel confident that the Jazz is going to wipe the floor with either of these guys, but they could. But I feel like the other side is still going to be the, 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 the Suns Nuggets is still the, the, the stronger contender. Yeah, and my ideal Western Conference matchup, <clears throat> Western Conference Finals matchup, um, I mean, look. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see. I would love to see Dallas and Luca in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, it, it would be really cool. Um, I was going to say earlier when we were talking about Atlanta and Philly. I would love to see uh, Atlanta and Dallas in the finals. You know, if that could somehow happen, because then the, imagine the storylines coming out of that. You're talking about the twenty. What was it? The twenty seventeen draft. No, twenty eighteen draft with Luca and Trey, and you know they were traded for each other essentially, and. And now, now, three years later, they're in the finals against each other. Oh, it would be ridiculous. Um, I would love to see that storyline. But ideally, my Western Conference Finals matchup right now is Utah and Phoenix. I mean, they match up almost perfectly, really, if you look at it. Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, both the two guards on those teams. Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Ayton, both centers for those teams. Mike Conley, Chris Paul, both vets who have been around the league for quite a while, on those teams it would be a really fun matchup to watch and a really good story to tell and that that's my western conference finals i really want to see i just have a really hard time picking utah over whoever comes out of this dallas and clippers game and it's like i i I really want to pick them And, and i think i still will pick them over whoever they get just because i'm hopeful that we get to see phoenix and utah um but i'm i i wouldn't bet money on it if if I were a betting man, that that's not one I would touch. And also, I wanted to bring up 
you know, we were talking about Atlanta and Philly, the game that's going on right now, as we were talking about um, Philly trying to make a little bit of a comeback in the second quarter, but Atlanta started on an 11 to zero run to start the second quarter um, on an 18 to nine run in the second quarter. They're, they're outscoring them 60 to 36 right now is the current score. And Atlanta just is running away with it. I need to look at this box score and see who is scoring what. Yeah. Trey Young already has 19. And it's 4:48 left in the half. Uh, Bogdanovich has 11. Um, Bogdanovich is a three for three from the three-point line. Um, Trey is two for four. Even Capella is three for three with six points and four rebounds. Trey even has five assists. Um, Atlanta really looks like they're rolling here. Embiid has 11. Uh, it's four for four from the line, three for seven from the floor. So not shooting terribly well. Ben Simmons only has four. Uh, Toby has nine. So it's like. It just doesn't seem like they can keep up with Atlanta's pace, and I think that's going to be a big a big problem for a lot of teams. You know, if if Atlanta makes it past Philly, which would be an indictment in Trey Young's talent and this team in and of itself, um, if they can make it not only past the Knicks, who probably had the most rowdy fan base in the playoffs, then make it past Philly, and playing Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. If I'm Brooklyn or Milwaukee, I don't want to say I'm scared, but I'm like, man, this is yeah, like – no, Yeah, no, look, Trey, Trey Young – big boy pants on. Yeah, here he, you know, like, we're seeing playoff mode Trey Young maybe, like I said. We're right. Seeing, we're seeing the guy that we saw in the NCAA tournament as well who turned it on yeah. and, and kind of carried an Oklahoma team, you know. So I'm curious because right now the, the, the Mavericks and the, and the Hawks in, in, in Vegas odds are the lowest odds right now. Mavericks are at the very bottom to win the championship. But and they got the Nets on top now. Nets are on top. Jazz are number two. So they're basically they're riding the hot hand. But the Sixers are all the way down. They're all the way down there below the Clippers even. Like the Clippers could be eliminated tonight. And the Sixers yeah. have lower odds than the Clippers to win the championship. Wow. Look, I I think this I think this Hawks team could get by the uh, by, by the Sixers, especially with an injured Embiid. And I think, as you said, that's very scary for whoever comes out of the Nets. Um, Bucks series because those teams are going to beat each other up as well as you said Giannis knows he's going to get the fouls he's going to take the fouls that's, that's going to be a really physical series and then they're going to have to come out and play this this fast moving Hawks team whoever comes out of it the the Eastern Conference could really be decided just on on how these matchups kind of laid out you know so um, really really interesting there really interesting there as we get closer to the NBA finals Casey what about the teams who didn't make it man what are the Lakers going to do? What are the Trailer Blazers going to do? What are the Knicks going to do? I mean, like, is this it for Lillard, you know, with, with the Trail Blazers? Is this – could he be a Nick, you know? I mean, is, is he going to go down and join LeBron? Is, is LeBron going to retire? What, give me, give me some, uh, some, some, some quick glimpses into the future of the NBA, my man. What, what are your quick, quick, quick glimpses into the future? So, um, <coughs> excuse me. I don't think that um... – I don't think that LeBron's retiring. I think I think he's, I think he's coming back. But uh, although I am hearing a, a lot of rumblings that he might retire and go focus on other things and his school and his kids and so on and so forth, um, uh, the, even in two K simulations, you know, a lot of the times he retires after this season. So it's like, you know, that is a thought in the back of your head. Um, I'm sure the Lakers, obviously, front office knows a lot more than we do. And I don't think that he's gone. 
but I think you have to look at the real, realistic expectation of what might be the, the future of Anthony Davis in LA. Uh, I think if I'm looking, if I'm the Lakers front office, I'm looking at Anthony Davis. I don't want to say that I'm immediately like, let's put him on the trade block. But if people call, I'm not ignoring, I'm not ignoring phone calls. If, if people are calling about Anthony Davis, especially if it's a pretty high price tag, which if it is the Lakers, I'm sure it will be. Did, did you, did you see what magic said about Schroeder? Did you see him just, just completely eviscerate uh, uh, Schroeder's like any, any like chance he has of joining another team. Even he said, the guy does not have the winning mentality. Mm. Well, I'm pretty sure they're a little, they're a little tilted towards Schroeder because they offered him a pretty big contract uh, going into the season and he turned it down because he said that he felt like he had more market value going into free agency. And yeah, now, we're going to see, we're going to see yeah. that was, that was a four year, $84 million contract. He turned that's down. That's a so, huge contract so, for, so, and I'm not saying that Schroeder can't play. Year. I'm not saying Schroeder can't play, but like 21 a year for, uh, I don't want to say like for your caliber, but like, hey, for, I'm just saying it was him and LeBron. So if he was, if he's your number two, if he's your number two and LeBron's your number one, that team can't win a playoff game. So no. <laughs> no, no, they can't. And, and, and that's my thing. Um, Schroeder will end up somewhere new. I'm sure uh, not making anywhere close to what LA offered him. Um, I think there's a, not a very good, I'll say a 25% chance that a- Anthony Davis is on a different team and might even be lower than that. I think it's just really cannon fodder that people are just hoping happens. So that way they have a story. LeBron retiring, 1% chance, maybe. <laughs> like, I, I don't think that's happening. Now, you want to talk about the Trailblazers. I don't know if I've ever seen a franchise more ready to hit the reset switch. Um, eight years, you know, that they've been in the play. Never missed the playoffs with, with Damian Lillard. Ever since they drafted him, never missed the playoffs. Um, he has given us great moments. He has given us uh, great games, fantastic performances. Um, and CJ McCollum, I think is a really, really, really good player. I just think that Portland hung their hat on the dual guard system for way too long before they realized that it truly isn't going to work. Um, I think the dual guard system can work with other teams, but you can't have a shooting guard. That's the same height, maybe even shorter than your point guard. I just don't think it works. Um, I think CJ McCollum would be a really good guy on a team that who, whose number one guy is like their power forward or their center, maybe even on like the bucks or something, you know, um, a team like that, or maybe the Pelicans, he'd be a really good fit on the Pelicans, CJ McCollum, um, a guy where, you know, CJ, you don't really have to put the ball in his hands. He's pretty much just a spot up shooter because we know he doesn't play defense. Um, he's just, he's a bucket. That's all he is. Damian Lillard. Eight years, been there, brought them to the playoffs every time, eliminated multiple teams out of the playoffs, even made it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, it's like, man, if he does one out, can you blame the guy? I, I, so where would you see him going? I mean, is he going to be a Knicks? That's tough, would he, man. Would, would he go to L.A.? I mean, because here's the other thing, and, 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 and it's another question maybe because you brought it up, you know, the two-guard system. What, what position do you think is the best – to, to build around in a sense. Cause, because I think, I think about as well, like, like, like Westbrook, right? Like you and I, we both love Westbrook's game. We love watching Westbrook, but, 
But but at this point, I mean, it's Westbrook's not the type of guy you can build around, right? He's a piece you build with in a sense, but he's not like a he can't be the center point. And are we seeing that maybe with Damian Lillard in Portland? Like, did they not build it right, or is that position just is that just harder um, to to build around? Like I said, is Lillard more a piece? that goes plays with like an Embiid, you know, I mean, cause like you can't build around Ben Simmons. I, I, I believe that. I believe, you know, that if you're the Sixers, I mean, that's why when we, when we split them up and we did that simulation, that was the real reason I was shocked when Embiid wanted his, I mean, uh, Simmons wanted as well as Embiid without, without him. But I mean, I feel like you got to build around more of like that, that power forward, more of that center position than you do the guards. Am, am I crazy to think that? I don't think you're crazy to think that the guard position isn't the number one position you need to build around. But with that being said, I, I, I think I would probably power forward. Sure. But I'm thinking more the small forward to the power forward in that area. So I'm, I'm just moving up a little bit in the lineup as to you're moving down a little bit in the lineup, if that makes sense. You're, you're talking about the four to the five. I'm talking about the three and the four. Um, when when you look at that, the the I guess there's not that many fives though anymore, right? True. <laughs> and and what's what's the real definition of a five anymore? Right. You know. I mean, if we called Embiid a five, I guess you know. I yeah, mean, Embiid's definitely a five, but at the same time, if you moved him over to the four, it's not realistic. It's not unrealistic to think right. that he could go out there and stretch the floor. He can also put the ball on the floor a little bit. Um, even Giannis. Giannis plays small ball five from time to time, but he's definitely a four. But he started his career as a three, so it's like. I feel like a lot of the best players of all time have stretched over from that three to four range. Even you look at Mike and Kobe, they didn't necessarily line up in the three a ton. Um, but if you had another good shooting guard on your team, you could line them up in the three and, and it would make sense. Those guys are six, 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 seven. You know, they have that height that they can do that. Giannis was Six ten, six eleven, whatever the hell he is, playing point guard sometimes when he came into the league. You know, it was ridiculous. Um, it, it, to answer your question, I think I, I think if I was to build around my franchise around a specific position, you know, if if the best player on my team was a specific position, I would want it to be the three or the four. Um, with that being said, though, Damian Lillard, where do I think he goes if he does leave? It's an interesting question, man. I don't know. Um, because you brought up a really good point. It's like, do you I, – I think, I think Damian Lillard is good enough to be the centerpiece of a team, but I think with that being said, you have to um, observe the supporting role around him, the supporting cast around him. Um, the supporting cast has to be a correct fit. C.J. McCollum is a great member of a supporting cast for a team that has fantastic rim presence. Um, if, if CJ McCollum is your second best guy and your first best guy is also a backcourt shooter, I don't think there's going to be a lot of success there. Same with, same with Damian Lillard. I think Damian Lillard can be that number one guy, but you need to make his supporting cast the upper echelon of guys who can support on the rebounding end, the defensive end in the paint and can be there to catch those offensive rebounds. If you have a guy down there, let's, let's use Joel Embiid for an example. If you have a guy down there who can get you two, three, four offensive rebounds a game to capitalize off of the, the shots that Damian Lillard will miss from time to time, that's going to make a huge difference because you're looking at over at Portland, Yusuf Nurkic is not that guy. Yusuf Nurkic is 100% more of an offensive center, and you need a guy who can stretch both ways, and he wasn't that guy. That being said, I can't say that I hate 
Philly making a move for Damian Lillard and moving on from Ben Simmons? If if I'm Portland, that would be huge. <laughs> I, that, that's what I'm saying. Like if I'm Portland and Philly comes to me and says, "Hey, we know that you guys are kind of stagnant right now. Um, we know you're really looking to rebuild." Look, Damian Lillard is however old he is. I think he's 29 at this point. Damian Lillard is 29. We got this Ben Simmons kid over here. He's only 24, 25. We don't really think he fits well in our system right now. We'll give you Ben Simmons and uh, we'll say a first round pick. It might be two with a like a wow. You think future. that's just crazy that you'd have to give him a first round pick as well when you're giving. Him I think Simmons. you. I th- well, I think wow. Damian Lillard is that type of guy. Ben Simmons I, is never. Well, not, he's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I feel ben, ben Simmons has never knocked teams out of the playoffs with with thirty foot <laughs> jumpers. You know, and that that's just that's what you need to help. I think help Joel Embiid. What about um, what about uh, what about going down to, to to New Orleans playing with Zion, getting rid of Lonzo, and and bringing. Damian uh, down there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind that. But like I said, I could. I could see. I could see CJ being more of a fit there. Um, I, I could see CJ McCollum being more of a fit there, just because you already have Zion. You have Zion down there in the paint, and let's assume that you keep Brandon Ingram. So you have Zion, Brandon Ingram, and it's like, yes, that would be a really great supporting cast for Damian Lillard because I still think Damian Lillard is your number one guy right now, even when Zion is on your team. I'm not oh, yeah, no, that. I mean, well, I think that's what I'm saying. I think, you know, in some ways it would be a great fit because Damian Lillard could be the one guy for two or three seasons as Zion comes more into his own, and then Lillard could be the two guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. And, I, and I'm actually trying to think of where C.J. McCollum would go. Um, I think I really do like – I actually like him down in New Orleans. I, I think I like him there. Um, and if, we're, if, you're looking at, if you're looking at what you're going to get in return, I don't have my NBA trade machine up in front of me. Um, maybe we need to make it. Maybe maybe we need to make an episode out of that where we just do trades. Um, if you're looking at where you're going to send CJ, I mean, I'm I'm looking at New Orleans. I'm looking in the Eastern Conference, and I'm looking at a team like Toronto. I'm looking at a team like uh, Charlotte, maybe even. I mean, look if 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 I'm Portland and I can trade. I know I'm trading my two centerpieces of my franchise right now. Um, I'm trading maybe the best player that's ever played for my franchise in Damian Lillard. And I'm trading a, another really good shooter that I've ever had for my franchise. If I can trade both of those away, get Ben Simmons, and then maybe even get Terry Rozier and between both of those teams get, I don't know, three, three picks. I'm not saying like that we won the trade because we got rid of Damian Lillard. Um, but if I'm Portland, I'm looking at what could have been. I have a new centerpiece to build around in, in Ben Simmons. I still have a, a decent supporting cast around him. I think with Ben Simmons as the number one guy and you plug those other pieces around him in Portland, I still think they make the playoffs as a seventh seed, sixth seed in the first right. season. All right. No, I mean, look, I, I guess I'm just trying to think about, you know, what teams would want Ben. I mean, I, I feel like Ben Simmons is a hard sell. You know, I just feel like he's a hard sell. It's like, hey, you want this guy – he does everything but score, you know, and yeah, he does you know, everything except shoot. Yeah. He can't and shoot. And, and at the end of games now, people are starting to figure out hack a Ben, you know? So, um, so yeah. But I, we also I, have to, we also have to talk about the Clippers and 
I mean, yeah, well, I mean, if they're, if far, they're ousted in the they're, first no, round, no, so, no, it's a good question. How far do the Clippers have to go to keep this team together? You know, do the Clippers, I think if they're ousted in the first round, Kawhi and Paul George are both gone. Oh yeah, no, I almost, I almost guarantee they are. You know, so but but let's say they make the Western Conference Finals now. Do, do are they? Is one of them gone? Is both of them gone? I mean, if they win it all, are they both gone? They're like, screw it, we won, we're done. You know, I, I, you, know you you say that actually, and now I see, I I don't really see a scenario where they both stay. I mean, that's all. what I'm saying. I don't know if there's any scenario where, like, PG-13 is still there. I feel like he's the one that goes. I feel like Kawhi stays, PG-13 goes. Unless they go on the first round, then they both go. But then where does Kawhi go? Because unless he doesn't like living New York. back home, you know, I mean, he, what is he, I mean, I guess you go to the Knicks. Or does he just uh, hop over and join LeBron? Does he go down there and join Steph so he can stay in California? You know, I mean. I, I think I think, um, I think Kawhi – enjoys playing in front of um big crowds like obviously he's not a big media guy and he's very quiet i think he enjoys playing in front of the big crowds and i think he enjoys playing for a team that supports him which is why i think he found it so easy to leave toronto because they loved him there like they were ready to give him the whole country of canada to, to get him to stay but he did what he had to do. He came in and he was like, look, I wasn't even supposed to be here and I won a championship. And they were like, yeah, you're right. We understand. And, and so that he left and there's no, there's no malintent there. Um, I, I, I don't think that LA is really the place for him right now, just because Ty Lu is probably not the answer at coach. Paul George can't seem to really be, the same guy that he is in the regular season in the playoffs, which we see with a lot of player with with a lot of players, um, and the supporting cast. Well, I mean, look, going into this season, we thought the supporting cast of the Clippers was the best in the league, and it looks like it's not really working out. Um, you go over to the Knicks; they were the most defensive team in basketball this year. I mean, that's what Kawhi does. He's a yeah, defensive no, guy. I can, I can see him fitting there. I just, I just thought he went to California because so he wanted to be back home by family. I'm sure he yeah. did. I'm sure he did. I and mean, maybe, and maybe, maybe after this little experiment, it maybe won't he's work done out. with it. Yeah, maybe he's done with me. Or maybe, maybe if I'm LeBron, I'm calling him up. I'm like, hey man, look, you saw it didn't work out with AD. Why don't you get over here? <laughs> but, but could they swing that? That's my thing. Because if they, if they don't sign Schroeder, because Schroeder already said he's probably, he's going to test. Oh, he's free gone. Agency. He's gone. Yeah. And yeah. so, and that's my thing. If the, even without signing, because they, they only were able to offer Schroeder that deal because they had bird rights on him. So with losing his birds, right. With losing his bird rights, you actually have less money to pitch towards players than what you offered Schroeder initially. And so it's like, you don't have that salary to really offer. All your money is tied up between LeBron, AD, KCP, and Kuzma. So you're going to have to move off of KCP or Kuzma, which a lot of, play, a lot of fans of the Lakers would say, yes, please get rid of them. But I, I, I am imploring Lakers fans to think about it this way. If you keep trading all your assets away, you won't have a future because let, let, let's talk about this. But what if, what, if, realist- what if they get rid of AD? What if, what if that's the that's contract? That's what I was about to say. What if that's, that's the contract they dump? Yeah. If they're getting rid of AD, then I'm, I'm I don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because let, let's look at it. Without LeBron, what did, what did AD ever do in the postseason? Nothing. No, no. And like, exactly, look, and that's what we talked about. You know, we yeah. were talking about like going into this postseason. We were like, oh, what what can we expect from Davis and blah blah blah. And I was like, we can't really expect anything. He's never played in the playoffs. He he. I think he what played one or two series in the playoffs. That's it. His whole career in New Orleans. And so it's, it's hard for me to see that the Lakers fans 
Like, I get it. He's Anthony. Like, he's Anthony Davis. Like, I get it. Trust me. I understand the caliber of player he is. But if he can't stay healthy and he's just not that guy, you have to look at this as a Shaq and Kobe situation in a, in a, in a, to an extent. You eventually traded away Shaq because you kind of saw the writing on the wall. Don't get me wrong. He went to Miami and won a championship, but let's not pretend that he did most of that work. Dwayne Wade was an absolute monster that year. He went to Miami and won another championship, but he was never the same after he left L.A. He was never the same. And I think you kind of have to think about that with Anthony Davis now. Like, man, what are we signing up for for the next four seasons or five seasons? I mean, look, if I'm the Lakers, if anything, I'm looking at how can I explode this and keep LeBron happy? You know, that's – that's kind of where I'm at. Because the one guy you don't want to make mad in the NBA is LeBron. You know, it's the one guy I don't care. You know, you don't want to be any team, a team that he's not even going to play for and make a match. You know, you still want to make LeBron. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, outside of that, I, there's nobody on that Lakers team worth a damn. I'm sorry. There's not. There's, there's no player, Kuzma, KCP, all of them. I mean, there's nobody there who I feel like is, is, is irreplaceable. You know, the only guy that's on that fair. team that's irreplaceable is LeBron, and that's only because he's LeBron. If you just took his numbers, and even his numbers were still good this year. I'm not trying to knock LeBron at all, but I'm just saying, if you called him a faceless player and you told me I had a, a 37-year-old, or the 36 going to be 37-year-old player, you know, and this is the one guy I've got, and you didn't know it was LeBron, you'd even say, yeah, we should probably get rid of that guy too. You know, I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, the, the Lakers, if anybody needs an overhaul – it might be Los Angeles. Like you won the championship last year. You put all your eggs in the basket last year and it worked out. Yeah. Like now, you did what you yeah. had to do. You got AD yeah. there and you won a championship, but is it, is it really feasible to think that you're going to repeat? And it's like, so I, I was, I was actually just thinking about this and I was listening to um, Bill Simmons pod earlier today. And um, I, I forget her name. I, I'll have to look up her name, but it was whoever, whoever his guest was. Um it was a uh, Sarit Sohi. Sorry, yeah, sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, they were talking about how it's a lot of people don't think about this because LeBron is such a facilitator, right? Um, probably the best facilitating big man. We can call him big man. He's six nine, big man that we've ever seen in the league. Maybe the best IQ I've ever seen on that court. But as good as he is at facilitating the ball and getting his teammates involved, it's hard for younger players to develop when he's on the team because he takes so much of that attention. And he takes so many, so, like such a high percentage of possessions to himself. It's hard for players to um, progress and grow. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot with Kuzma. And I know a lot of people said, oh, I bet he's regretting that trade now because look at Brandon Ingram. But there's a, a very high possibility that Brandon Ingram would not have been the same player that he is right now if he would have stayed with LeBron. Just because LeBron takes it, when LeBron takes up 75% of your possessions, that means you have the ball less. That means you can only really be a spot-up shooter with him to be extremely successful. I've been saying it for years, man. I mean, LeBron is, it's a weird dynamic when it comes to playing with LeBron that, that, you know, superstars don't really seem to like it. You know, other players, like it, he seems like he needs just the perfect supporting cast. And that's kind of been one of my weird indictments on LeBron is I, is I don't know how it works behind the scenes, but it seems like he can never get the guys he really wants and has to just kind of, you know, all right, I'll figure it out with this guy. Or once he gets, it's like, and then Kyrie wants to leave, you know, or whatever, or somebody, you know, they're just done. They don't want to be there anymore. So it's, it's always been a weird dynamic when it comes to Le- finding LeBron playing mates. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. And, you know, you talked about possibly trading AD and um, 
I, I think I, I don't know if it really solves the whole injury history problem with who you're going to trade him for, but I think I have a perfect trade partner. Okay. Especially, especially if the Trailblazers decide to pull the trigger and trade to the team that I mentioned earlier. Let, let, let's look at the scenario, Matt. Let's say that the 76ers get ousted in this second round right now. Let's say they lose to the Hawks. You, you've, you've trusted the process for this long, and you haven't even made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And now you're sitting back, you're Philly, you're Elton Brand, you're the GM of the, the 76ers, and you're like, man, like, how can we keep our franchise competitive while switching it up? And I know we talked a lot about Damian Lillard possibly going to play with Joel Embiid, you know, if that was the, the trade that were to happen. But what if Philly decided, you know what, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, it's just not working out. We're going to cut ties with both of them. What if Joel Embiid gets traded for Anthony Davis? They pretty much do a clean swap. Now you're looking at LeBron playing with Joel Embiid over in LA. And now in Philly, you're looking at Damian Lillard, who got traded over from Portland for Ben Simmons, playing with Anthony Davis. You keep both franchises competitive. You get Anthony Davis a big. Now you give Anthony, you say, look, AD, here you go. No LeBron. You get to be arguably like, it's 1A, 1B, Lillard and Anthony Davis. Now you give them the opportunity and say, all right, let's go. And if this doesn't work, then at least we tried something new because the old regime wasn't working. Now you keep LA competitive and you keep Philly competitive and you see if it works. And if it doesn't work, at least you tried. You know, that's curious, you know, especially, you know, I don't know about Embiid to, to Los Angeles, but, but what about Simmons playing with, uh, with, with uh, LeBron? Imagine if, you know, because he, you know, Ben Simmons doesn't score. So imagine if all of a sudden LeBron didn't have to be the facilitator anymore. He could just, you know, be, you know, maybe down the post, maybe out on the wing, wherever he's got to be, LeBron could just be set up for a shot and Simmons could feed him the ball. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe that's what LeBron has always needed is some guy who doesn't score. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, me personally, I, I don't think I would like to see it. They're too similar to me. Um, I think they're, I think the best part of their game is the facilitating for me. Um, maybe Ben Simmons no, now fair. is his defensive. I think, I think Ben Simmons has taken a step defensively to where now we can talk about he's a better defensive player than he is an offensive player on the side of the ball. Um, LeBron, it looked like he was maybe going to flip that switch back in like the late 2000s. It looked like he was going to transition from more of a offensive type of guy to more of a defensive type of guy, but it, he kind of stayed and instead of switching to defensive, he just opted to learn how to – he increased his IQ and, and passed more instead of becoming more defensive-oriented on that side of the ball. Um, personally, I don't think it would work just because, like I said, both big facilitators, both I, now, big now, guys. Now, now I'm seeing him, Casey. I'm seeing him running down the court doing a give-and-go, and LeBron is the last one to give or whatever, and yeah. then Simmons misses the layup. <laughs> Every oh my time. God. Could you, Every could time you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine that? And LeBron would, uh, would would imagine the scenes you would get from that. Just LeBron tearing into him. LeBron just shaking his head. Just just like, I can't give the guy a clear layup, man. <laughs> I think the biggest question is, when did we see LeBron become a player coach? Because, I mean, 
you know, uh, it's got to happen eventually, right? <laughs> what, what do you mean when? I, I thought we already had. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I guess my I guess my real question is when are they going? When are the Lakers going to announce that LeBron James is officially the coach, but he's also going to play thirty minutes in the next game? Yeah, you know, I mean, kind of like Bill Russell did. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I think I think Bill Russell probably only did it because the salaries were different. You know, LeBron's like I don't need an extra million dollars to coach this team every year. True. True. So, you know. Um, All right, so like you said, lots of NBA stuff. We're getting into round two. We'll see what's up and when we come back next week. Uh, On our way out, though, Casey, I want to tell you, you need to watch Money Plane with The Edge, all right? Everybody needs to watch it. This is the schlockiest B-movie. Maybe it's just heist plane movies, you know, like Snakes on a Plane and stuff like that. Maybe it's just plane movies, airplane. All Any movie that's on a plane is just ridiculous, but – but but everybody needs to watch this horribly. It's got all these stars in it, too. I can't believe it. Joey Lawrence is in it. That's the other reason we need to watch it. Joey Lawrence from Blossom. So, um, dude, check out Muddy Plane, Casey, all right? <laughs> I will definitely check it out. And you actually asked my opinion, and I never actually gave you my opinion on um, Edge, but Edge was actually um, the guy who really – like got me into wrestling. He That's was what like, I thought. I thought he was one of your favorite dudes. Yeah. Yeah, he was back in the day. His his new, you know, attitude and he 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 was gone for like a decade cuz he had a neck injury and had to retire and finally seeked out like he he and he stepped away, you know. He was happy, he stepped away. He had kids. He he married a wrestler himself. Like um you, you know, his his wife Beth was one of the greatest women's wrestlers of the 2010s. Um, in late 2000s and so they got married had kids she came back and had a few matches and and then the rumors started to swirl that maybe he was looking for a comeback and he was like no 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 I'm I'm happy acting but then he seeked out some second opinions and finally did make the comeback and it's cool I'm happy to see him back (laughs) I love whenever wrestlers are able to shake back from you know injuries that we thought were otherwise career-ending um, I mean, he looks good, but his, it, it, it will never match his old persona that really got me. I'll send you some, I'll send you some videos of like old edge that I was really into. Like me as a teenager was like, Oh my God, this guy's so, this guy's so sick. Well, this movie is, this movie is highly, highly entertaining. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes long. I don't know how it got made. It's like every cliche on the planet, but for some reason, and, and Kelsey Grammer, I, and like I said, we have got to get you to watch Frasier as well, but Kelsey right. Grammer just, he's still chewing scenery out of that movie. So, have you, have you seen the show Vikings? No, I haven't. I'll, is that, I've always heard it's good, but I've heard that it's pretty vicious. So. Yeah, I've heard too. I haven't seen it, but Edge is also in Vikings. Huh. All right. So there you go. The Edge the Edge time. Everybody watch some Edge stuff while you're gone. Check out the tailgatekings.com. Uh, check out Casey's Twitch page, DBE20. That's doing right. the, we're doing, we do card breaks on there, but he's also got, of course, the uh, Rocket League and uh pokemon cards too hey and we're getting we're getting ready to do a lot of new stuff too so get in get in before we before we start to blow up there we go like i said dbe20 like i said www.thetailgatekings.com find us on facebook find us on twitter find us on instagram we're all over the place we'll be back like i said pretty soon we'll be doing fantasy football uh two early rankings and whatnot so that'll probably be in the next show or two but also obviously nba is dominated all right y'all we're out Peace.